the widely forecasted 2023 recession hasn't appeared. GDP growth is still positive. The Atlanta Fed's GDP Now estimate of the current quarter, that's right now, drawn from data released uh, so far, puts growth close to 2%. Remember, the Fed at their last meeting put our end-of-year target at 1% for the year, up from 0.4%. Even Goldman Sachs reduced estimate chance of recession from 35% down to 25%. Get ready for a new episode of KP Talks Dollars and Cents. Learn financial literacy and get real-time updates on all things housing, finance, and real estate. So let's get started. Here's your host, Kevin Perenio. Hey, it's KP coming to you live from Corona, California. Well, here we are. It is almost mid-year, and um, I'm not going to say this is my official uh, mid-year recap and second half of the year projections or predictions, but I am going to sprinkle some of that in, so maybe it is. But uh, I know we're coming up on July, the end of this month. This month, June, ends on a Friday, which is really good for purchase money business. People love to close right before the weekend, flush that pipeline out. Spring purchase season has been pretty decent, so I think that's been a little bit of a surprise uh, considering uh, last year was a tale of two halves, right? The second half of last year was brutal, and the first half was pretty decent. And then we've continued to climb a wall of worry, not just in our industry, but in the stock market and the broader economy, you know, fighting all the battles that we've been fighting, whether it's uh, a military battle in Ukraine or a fight against inflation or, heck, the health, uh, you know, pandemic that we were fighting. Um, I took a look briefly at the Johns Hopkins COVID-19 data uh, website, and they stopped collecting data as of March. So uh, basically three years, and they said, hey, man, we're done. So uh, we've all been fighting battles, whether it's personally or globally or um, with our career or whatever it is, man. You just got to fight every day. Nothing's going to give it to you in this world. You got to go out and get it. So let's talk about that wall of worry that we've been climbing, um, or as uh, I've heard it said, a tale of caution. We'll talk about things to be cautious about. Speaking of caution, my firstborn, my 10-year-old daughter, Kayla, she got her first yellow card in her uh, finals in her soccer tournament uh, yesterday, and um, it was uh, the 2013 Pats, Patty Adora's in um, Newport Beach. She's the first girl to get a yellow card on the team, and she was so upset. I happened to actually whip out my phone and start filming it because I saw the, the ref walking over and trying to be a badass. I was a referee for 12-plus for years, played soccer. My sister was incredible. She had a D1 scholarship to Texas Tech. Um, anyway, uh, it was pretty awesome encouraging my daughter after she was like, put her hands on her face and started crying on the field when the ref, like, you know, called her out in front of everyone. So, uh, enough of that. Thought I'd share that with you. It was a cool, cool moment yesterday. So speaking of caution, uh, there are things to be cautious about, but there's a lot of things to be really happy about. There are things that are going on that are pretty darn good. Yes. Housing had a recession. We just faced it the second half of last year. It's not as good as it was. Everyone's production is down, uh, generally, compared to the past. Now, um, having said that, there are some people who are grinding through it, and they've picked it up this spring purchase season. Um, there are some companies that have done it, uh, in addition to individuals. And I will say that the second half of this year, obviously, seasonally slows down for housing, so it's a little bit tougher. But if the Fed is going to cut rates at some point, and whether it's because inflation is coming down and we don't need to keep our rates at five to five and a quarter. Maybe they do another 25 basis point rate hike in the next meeting. There's a 75% plus chance that they'll do it according to the CME um, Fed uh, futures watch there that in the next meeting in July. 
that they will do that at the next meeting. So then we'll be 525 to 5.5 on the Fed funds rate. And if inflation comes down, that battle for inflation is being won. So the Fed's preferred inflation indicator, the Fed deflator, as it's called, the personal consumption expenditure, comes out Friday. So that's a big deal. It's coming out this week on Friday. So you get a chance to see what we're spending our money on um, you know, with the data that they have. Uh, that the Bureau of Labor Statistics and all these, um, you know, data points that they collect, what are we spending our money on? There's the core PCE. And that's the one that if I were to give, uh, okay, what am I looking at the second half of the year? Is that going to stay higher for longer, that core PCE? How low does it go when some of these big numbers from last year when inflation was really bad, when they start to get removed, and our year-over-year, our index, our indices, with CPI, PPI, PCE, whether they start to come down from last year's big numbers getting removed, where does it plateau? Where does it stop at? And then does it stay like in a certain range? Is it a point below the Fed funds rate? Is it two points below the Fed funds rate? Wouldn't that then force the Fed to bring their Fed funds rate down because they are unnecessarily fighting a battle against inflation with with a higher rate that is causing more havoc on demand? You know, we have $100 billion. Here's another thing I want to look at. $100 billion in student loans, uh, student loan debt that um, as part of the, uh, the recent bill, the budget bill that um, President Biden signed, uh, one of the things in his horse trade, how they horse trade in D.C. on the Hill, um, you know, he was, he was basically forced, like, if you want this spending and you want that spending and not a lot of cuts where we probably need more cuts, one thing we're going to need is more revenue. We're, we're going to need people to start paying their student loans. So $100 billion in student loan debt should start to have payments come back in in October. $100, $200, $300, $400 a month in payments that people didn't have before, that's taken away from their discretionary income. That's taken away. So that's another thing I'm watching to see how that impacts housing demand, how that impacts our economy. Will that slow down our economy when you got another bill? Will it be offset by lower uh, uh, energy prices? That's another call it my third bullet point I'm looking for. You know, is Putin getting taken over uh, by a coup by his top military guy with like the Wagner group? You guys seeing what's going on there? Um, so, you know, will that disrupt the oil chain? I mean, the Saudis and OPEC, they uh, cut production multiple times over 2 million plus barrels and uh, demand keeps falling. Oil still comes down in price. So how will, will our less, um, our lower gas and energy bills um, is that enough to offset, um, you know, the student loan for those that have it? Will that kill some demand for younger demographic and force the first-time homebuyer age to go up a little bit because those are likely the people that have taken care of their student loan debt or it's not as much of a burden or maybe their income has gone up over the years and now they can afford even at the higher rates. Now, another theme I'm looking at um, uh, next year is um, how we have uh, digested higher interest rates. Now, I think it's um, it, it's kind of a term that's used for the stock market, right? But it's also, um, I heard it used for um, mortgage rates, really any financial products, right? When you have rapid in, uh, increases or decreases, um, volatility, um, uncertainty, um, you know, you have a period where that movement has to kind of like be digested. Okay, last year from February in the lowest rates in the history of history, we went down into June, uh, rates went up to 7%. Rates pretty much tripled, um, if you will, 
um, in a short amount of time. And so people kind of backed off like, oh my gosh, when's it going to end? When are rates going to peak? Well, all the way through November of last year, rates finally peaked on the 10th of November after the October CPI inflation report came out and it wasn't that bad. So we felt inflation had peaked and interest rates had peaked. And we're still kind of trading in this range with not exactly low interest rates, but between six and seven and a half percent, the market has digested it. People are now coming to grips with it. You need a roof overhead, you're gonna pay. You need a car, you're gonna pay. You need a student loan, you got a student loan, you're gonna pay. People are coming to grips and having to learn to live with these rates. And they're doing it because it's a little easier to budget and plan because it's less volatile. You kind of know what to expect. There's less uncertainty. So watching um, the market, stock markets digesting the gains from 20 and 2021, and then they kind of correct it down to the October lows. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not responsible for your losses, only your profits. But the market kind of digested, okay, we're going to be in a recession someday. Maybe it's in 2024 now. Maybe it is. I don't know. But the market has kind of come to grips and digested its gains. We had a nice little pop here since the debt ceiling debate was done. So now the market's digesting those gains. We see a little bit of decline in the stock market. So these are some themes I'm looking at as we go into the second half of the year. Let me read a really cool thing. You know, I always like to say less bad news. So instead of climbing a wall of worry, let's talk about some good stuff. Here's some good stuff that's going on. So I just, I just, these are some nuggets for you to take uh, note of. So I'm going to read an article. I didn't want to memorize it because way too much. Um, the widely forecasted 2023 recession hasn't appeared. GDP growth is still positive. The Atlanta Fed's GDP Now estimate of the current quarter, that's right now, drawn from data released uh, so far, puts growth close to 2%. Remember, the Fed at their last meeting put our end-of-year target at 1% for the year, up from 0.4%. Even Goldman Sachs reduced estimate chance of recession from 35% down to 25%. The crisis in regional banks got through that. Debt limit standoff was successfully ne uh, negotiated without a default, despite projections of doom by both members. Unemployment remains near record lows. First quarter earnings came in better than expected. Federal Reserve remains concerned about prices, but has paused its interest rate hikes. Maybe they're done. Inflation is still elevated, but half of what it was a year ago. Oil is $40 a barrel lower than its peak last summer, 55 lower than after the war started. Speaking of Ukraine, Russia is uh, expected to take over that neighboring democracy in a matter of days. I could go on and on, but so many good things. Let's focus on that the second half of the year. Cheers. Hey, it's KP coming to you live from Newport Beach. I am on the Balboa Pier. The fun zone is back that way, and this is one of two piers on the beach. Uh, my 10-year-old daughter, the oldest, the one that got the yellow card that I told you about, uh, she has junior guards, so junior lifeguard training. And they just had their big family festival. It's like a picnic, live music, and you get to meet all the instructors. It's very cool. So that enormous crowd, like way, like all that is a bunch of parents with a bunch of kids running around. And um, it's a little after 7 p.m. West Coast time. So, you know, my, my videos usually kick off when there's some scenery around me. Um, although I doubt we're gonna get much engagement on a Thursday going into a long July 4th weekend, but um, for what it's worth, a bird did poop on me earlier, and that's the second time it's happened in my life, and I hear it's good luck. Anyway, I wanna talk about four major trends um, I, for the second half of the year that we'll be watching. I talked about three last week. There you go. There's, and here's the pier, and then going this way, this is looking north. 
and uh, it's kind of a hazy day. You can't see Catalina Island. You can see the moon, maybe. So um, what are some trends that are going to define the second half of this year, define mortgage interest rates? And mortgage interest rates make or break our business. Like we don't control rate flow. The Fed is controlling it right now. They're trying to fight inflation. So, um, so I'm going to talk about AI and how it's going to, you know, impact, um, not just the next six months, but, um, really our economy and everything going forward. Uh, I'll talk about employment, unemployment. That's a big thing the Fed's looking at, right? To fight inflation, wage inflation. Um, we'll talk about commercial real estate and how the, that money coming online is, uh, going to impact the banks and the financial system as a whole. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll you know, get into uh, some of the Fed's actions on the open market committee where they sell treasuries. We have to refund our government. Remember, we were on the brink of being broke with the debt ceiling debate, literally like, like four weeks ago. Remember, we almost ran out of money and then we didn't uh, due to an act of Congress. And um, now we have to sell treasuries. And I want to talk about that a little bit. Before I get into that, just get into some real like local news and stuff that happened this week. Not a big news week, although um, Jerome Powell was on the road in Europe, uh, you know, sitting on a panel with his competition. Other, you know, uh, central bankers that run, you know, central banks for other countries and, you know, have to fund, you know, all their treasuries for their countries to fund the world. And we compete against them. So we'll talk about it in a second. The Fed's favorite inflation gauge is the personal consumption expenditure. That's out tomorrow morning. It's a little after, it's almost 7.30 here on the West Coast. And the PCE comes out. That's a big inflation measure. That has a, a way to move the markets. And, you know, we're going into a, a long holiday weekend. So that news could be market moving in the short term. But obviously it's part of, um, you know, the Fed's narrative on fighting inflation um, on the long term. So... We gotta watch that number tomorrow. Um, speaking of the Fed, the Fed um, was in Europe. It's like kind of this ECB conference where all these central bankers are getting European central bankers. You know, look, I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist. By the way, there's the moon right above my head. Um, the um, the Fed sells treasuries, and we compete against other countries. I mean, the UK, who left the Euro, the the eurozone, um, the European Union and sells their own GILT, which is their version, G-I-L-T. You can look it up. That's their version of a treasury, a U.S. treasury. And they raise 50 basis points. And so they're trying to fight inflation. They've got really high inflation. But if they have a higher yield on their version of U.S. treasury, then, you know, we have to compete against that yield in, in the open market. And so, you know, Jerome Powell's out there next to his competition on panels out there in Europe earlier this week saying, hey, We'll raise twice more. I'll go 25 and 25. We're not afraid. We're not afraid to put our banking system into a potential other crisis, put people out of jobs, put our country into a recession. We'll fight you for these dollars. You want to take down King Dollar? Let's go. And that's what he's doing in his own way, of course. So when you've got us competing for uh, treasury denomination and the world reserve currency and trillions and trillions of dollars being invested in U.S. Treasuries, it's a big deal. So what will they actually do? I don't know. You know, um, 
We're going to find out because now that the debt ceiling was passed and the uh, Inflation Recovery Act or whatever that bill is called um, was passed, we got to sell a trillion dollars worth of treasuries here in about 90 days. So we have to reflate our coffers and make sure that we can fund our everything, like our defense spending, um, you know, all of our welfare programs, and then our debt. So that's a big deal, and that absolutely impacts mortgage rates. So um, yeah, big news coming out of there. PCE durable goods uh, was up third month in a row. So manufacturing is still down, contractionary, but durable good orders are up. Consumer is strong. Some consumer sentiment data came out. It's strong. Savings rates good. There's not a lot of defaults in um, credit card uh, uh, debt yet, even though the number is you know still you know about par for average. So um, you know we're you know we're we're watching the consumer. And um, see you, Greg. See ya. All right, buddy. No, we'll, see ya. We'll do it. Okay. All right. Love you, man. One of the other dads. Um, our sons go camping, and then they're in junior guards here. Anyway. Um, so we have to watch that data. Not a lot of it coming out the rest of the week. Um, but, um, um, so, all right, let's talk about AI, artificial intelligence. There's no I in AI, right? It's not sentient. It doesn't think for itself. It is rules-based. Um, it is, um, you know, you know, it basically is trying to get, um, large language model trying to get stuff done. You know, you do texting at mass scale. That will make its way, predictive texting will make its way into our business. Um, creating content at scale for marketing. Um, even if you have writer's block, I mean, whatever. Being able to talk to more clients at scale faster and in less time and more efficiently is where AI will have its, um, its part into uh, the mortgage business. But there are trillions of dollars that will be spent by IT infrastructures at companies all around the world implementing AI into the way they operate. So AI is a big boon for business. It's not a fad, it's not going away. Your job is not gonna be replaced by AI. But if you don't learn how to do your job together with AI, then that job would be replaced. So the responsibility is on us, business owners who are responsible to use AI and technology to enhance the existing people on our teams, not get rid of them. Um, but AI is going to be a real thing. It's not going anywhere. It's been here for a while, but it just it keeps getting better and faster and accelerating. So um, unemployment, um, what's going to go on with unemployment? Is the unemployment rate going to go up? Um, and our jobs and demand, um, you know, they're linked together, right? If interest rates keep going up on the Fed and everything's more expensive and there's less business being done, then there's less need for companies to have employees. But so far, the employment in our country has been very resilient. So that's a big trend to watch the next six months. And um, commercial real estate, you know, um, survived to 25. There's uh, $1.5 trillion in commercial spend that uh, co commercial uh, loans coming due they have to refinance at a higher rate so there was a fed stress test on banks this week banks overwhelmingly passes big stress test and um, it's kind of like a worst case scenario on defaulting a hundred billion dollars in con commercial loans what if scenario the banks passed but it's still going to hurt some smaller regional banks 
So we got to watch that trend. And, um, you know, those, those are, those are the big trends I'm watching and, um, they're going to impact rates and we have to make sure that, you know, we're on top of it. Okay. Here we go. There's all the families. Everyone's packing up. The band is packing up. So everyone have a happy July 4th. Spend some time with your families. We're very lucky that we have pretty much Monday and Tuesday off. Um, although if you're in this business, you're never really off. Have a good one. Cheers. You've been listening to KP Talks Dollars and Cents, a top-rated show for those who want to learn about the economy and mortgage environment. Tune in each week for more episodes, and please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Kevin Perenio does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through KP Talks Dollars and Cents. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. For more info, follow KP Talks Dollars and Cents on all of our social channels.